Saints and 49ers and Ravens. Oh my! Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago and clearly I've lost my voice. <clears throat> Probably because we're so busy screaming about all the exciting games, matchups, and whatever we have from this weekend. Joining me on the show today, just like baby Jesus, we have three wise men, well, really just three men, from golocalprof.com, Joe Calabro, to talk about the New England Patriots. From Off the Bench, one of my new favorite podcasts, is Mr. Jorge Pajares, and of course, is my good friend, Scott Roberts. So stick with me and my squeaky voice, because sports, sports, sports starts now. And welcome, welcome to this special edition of Sports, Sports, Sports with Nick Drago. Yes, that's me. For those of you who are new to the program, typically we talk about what happened in the previous week of sports news and entertainment and then go in to give you some insight on what's going to happen the next week. However, NFL playoffs have arrived. We've had over 200 amazing, well, not all 200, but a lot of amazing games this year. And I, for one, am really excited for what is to come. That being said, we have three guests on the show today who are all here to share their thoughts and knowledge on uh, all these NFL teams that are left in the running and who they think is going to get out of Wild Card Weekend. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my first guest. He is from GoLocalProv.com. He's been on the show many times. He covers the New England Patriots. It's Joe Calabro. And welcome aboard, Joe. How are you doing today? Hey, Neil, good to be with you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2020, yes. Could be an exciting one. Not for the Jets, though. Uh, def <laughs> no, definitely. I don't even know why I'm wearing this jersey today. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I'm wearing a Tiger t-shirt, so at least I got that going for me. Yeah, so you're kind of like rooting for the Bengals right now, sure. I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, I know you're following those Patriots. So what do you think? Is this, uh, is this it? Well, do they win? Does Tom Brady ride off into the sunset with another victory? Yeah, uh, no. I don't <laughs> think that that loss to Miami was very costly. They really needed the bye week this year, yeah. way more than in any other year. Um, I think, uh, I mean, never say never, obviously, but, and you play the game for a reason. Um, but I think going into it and starting to do some research on it, uh, I mean, the Patriots' run defense has been terrible all year. Uh, they gave up 200 plus yards to the Baltimore. They gave up, you know, however many to to Cleveland earlier in the season. Even though they kind of blew out Cleveland, but if it wasn't for that guy fumbling earlier in the game on that long run, that might have been a closer game. They gave up uh, tons of yards to Miami. They gave up tons of yards to Buffalo, um, Kansas City. So uh, their run defense has been porous. Obviously, Tennessee is carrying Derrick Henry, the running back who just won. Uh, um, Rusher of the Year, whatever it was, mm -hmm. the NFL award, and he's gonna—I think he's gonna destroy the Patriots defense. So on the face of it, it doesn't look too good for the Patriots. They really need that bye week. Uh, offensively, they can't get anything going. Uh, Julia Edelman is all messed up. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. That's fine. Um, 
Uh, Julie Edelman's all messed up. He's got shoulder problems. Uh, he, he His catch radius is very small. Uh, he can barely lift his shoulder, uh, barely lift his arm past his shoulder. Um, he's struggled through that all season. Now he has knee injuries. Um, so he's all messed up. He really needed the bye week. Uh, a bunch of other guys needed it, including Tom Brady. And they didn't get it. And as going down, people talking about it as one of the, the worst home losses uh, in Pages' recent history, just given the circumstances. Uh, at least regular season. Obviously, they had some bad playoff losses going back to Baltimore and uh, whatever those games. But at least those were playoffs, and those Baltimore teams are pretty good. Um, this is going, this is being classified as uh, maybe the worst Patriots home regular season loss uh, in recent history. So it was a costly loss. Uh, they, like I've been saying, uh, they needed that bye week and they didn't get it. And now you know here we are, and they they classifying it as all revenge tour and all this other stuff. And the hype videos already started, and yeah. I'm, I'm as big as anybody at the hype videos, as you know. I love sharing them. I like watching them because it gets me pumped up myself. So I'm yeah. all for the hype videos, but if we're being realistic about it. Um, I'm not sure what exactly we're getting hyped up for. I mean, the the thing about the Titans is, if there's any team I can see the Patriots beating, it's them, right? The Titan the Titans have never won at Gillette Stadium. Tannehill has played many games against Tom Brady and the Patriots, no. and knows knows quite a bit about them. Um, I will say the Titans did beat the Patriots last year. Though. It was in Tennessee. Yeah. They destroyed the Patriots last year in Tennessee. That's true. Uh, um, and Mike Vrabel, uh, obviously the coach of the Titans, obviously former Patriot. Yeah. Uh, he was asked this week about, you know, playing the Patriots and the, um, you know, nostalgia that comes with going back to Gillette Stadium because he hasn't really been back since. Uh, he left the team in 2008. It didn't really end too well. Right. He had a big dispute with Kraft and the NFL, and uh, he was mad about Kraft building up around Gillette Stadium and kind of not, you know, uh, something with the, the money, the finances, finances of it. So he got into a big dispute with the Patriots at the end, and it didn't end well. And uh, he was asked about... Uh, about uh, you're, you're breaking up. He said, yeah. he said, the Patriot way, is that, is that... Sorry, go ahead. You, you were breaking up a bit. You're good now. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, Ray was asked about the nostalgia of the Patriot way and what that means to him, and he said, isn't that the place where the movie theater is? Because there's a movie theater at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's already in rare form. That's the only thing that makes me nervous is that the Titans are already starting to uh, not trash talk, but, you know, take some shots, and that usually doesn't end well yeah. uh, when you play the Patriots. Although this is not the same Patriots team. Um, yeah. But so it's already been starting. I'm excited because there's a lot of storylines for the game. Obviously, Vrabel, uh, there's numerous former Patriots on the team, on the Tennessee Titans. Yep. Um, your video is frozen, but I'll keep going. Um, you know, Deion Lewis, Logan Ryan, uh, Malcolm Butler is on injury reserve. I'll see who he's playing, which would have been the one of the juiciest storylines. Um, but uh, <coughs> um, but you know, it should be an interesting game. I mean, it should be interesting atmosphere. Uh, and I know we're going to uh, the big storyline in a second. I'm hoping your video pops back up. But um, you still don't see me at the moment. No, I see you. You're just frozen. Oh, okay. I mean, everything on my end is fine, so no worries. Maybe it's my Wi-Fi. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, you were talking about the storylines. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so, it should be interesting. should be interesting answer. should be interesting night. I think the biggest storyline of the game, to me, and I, pretty much to everybody, especially if they lose, obviously they win. You know, they get one, at least one more game, and you know, the kind of season moves on. 
But if they lose, I think the big the storyline is that it could be Tom Brady's last game, uh, either yeah. last game with the Patriots or last game of his career. That I'm not sure about. Um, it's been hard to decipher that. Um, but it's going to be. I think it's going to be one of the two. Uh, if you look at history, if you, if you look at um, the season and his contract, uh, his he sold his Boston mansion. He dropped out of his best buddies. A role as co-chair, which is a yeah. uh, charity organization uh, in Boston or in the Boston area that he's been part of for 16 years um, plus. Uh, he, he stepped down as co-chair earlier this last month, <laughs> late last month, I think. Um, right. I forgot when it was after it was announced. Um, but so all his, his trainer sold his Boston home. Um, you know, his contract voids after the, the league year. Um, you know, it, it, it was funny. Everyone renegotiated. When he renegotiated his contract, everyone was reporting it as a two-year deal. Um, but when you looked at the finances of it, and you actually looked at the details, it wasn't a two-year deal. It was a one-year deal with the second year avoiding. And they, right. he doesn't want the Patriots to franchise tag him because that stipulated in his contract or transition tag him. So basically, the Patriots would have to sign him to a brand-new contract uh, to bring him back. And with his numbers this year, um, I try to believe that Belichick would do that. Um, I think they're going to try to turn the reins over to Jared Stidham or assign somebody, a free agent, uh, to bring in maybe like a Marcus Mariota um, to, to to bring in. Mariota's a free agent, um, and he's going to take a low-ball contract from somebody because he has to rebuild himself after being best this year for Ryan Tannehill. Um, so uh, I think that's the biggest storyline of the game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a fascinating atmosphere, um, especially if they lose. Um, and in the British press conference after the game might be the most fascinating thing in the entire season. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to. Do you think, uh, I mean, I mean, you've been very vocal about this the last few years that the Belichick, you know, at one point in time almost wanted Brady gone so that they could start over either somebody younger or whatever it is, you know, where do you think Belichick's head is in all of this? I think he's still in the same place. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, look, Brady's numbers this year, statistically, uh, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. If you look at his numbers now, you have to, you know, of, I'm talking about of legitimate quarterbacks. You know, you, you can't count the, the that idiot that played one game for the Jets. I mean, he doesn't count. Or these other idiots that play one one or two games. Of legitimate right. quarterbacks who have played, you know, however many games you want to say, um, statistically, Brady is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, his completion percentage uh, in the last game was 55. Um, you know, he's done some terrible interceptions. Um, and so their offense, their offense has not been able to move the ball or, or do anything. So they don't have a run game either. Their run game has struggled, and now it's a little bit better. Dirk has made it better. They've used Landon Roberts, uh, who's the linebacker. They moved him to fullback because they lost their fullbacks to injury. Uh, James Devlin and uh, Jakob Johnson both are on IR and have been on IR for uh, the majority of the season. Um, so... Uh, their offense has struggled. Uh, Bray's numbers are down. And I just think um, going forward, it's hard to see uh, the the Patriots bringing him back. Now, unless he takes – unless Brady really takes like a low-ball contract uh, and really, you know, just says, you know what, I don't really want to move, you know. But it doesn't feel like that is the case. Like I said, he sold his – he signed that his contract was announced. The next day, his Brookline mansion was on the market – Mm-hmm. Um, a day or two after that, his trainer Alex Guerrero um, sold his had his, or had his house on the market, 
Um, and then, like I said, just a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so, uh, Brady stepped down as co-chair of uh, the, the charity. He's been a huge part of for almost his entire career. So um, I, I think, you know, somebody once told me to always follow the finances in these situations, you know. And so that's kind of what I look at and kind of how I made that conclusion. Now, when you talk about Belichick, I was actually having this conversation the other day. Somebody said, well, do you wish Bill had kept Garoppolo and not traded him away? And I'm sure, probably, because Jimmy G looks pretty good right now. Right. Um, And at the time, it was kind of a weird trade because they didn't really get much back for him. They could have traded him to Cleveland for the number one overall pick and maybe you reset the franchise there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that, that I think that's the one thing to question. If you want to question it, is that why trade him to San Fran? Why didn't you trade him to Cleveland at the time to get that number one overall pick? And maybe you can reset the franchise on the fly, and you know you move on, and it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. But you know, the, the thing you have to say though is that they kept Brady, and he got they got another Super Bowl out of him, and he they got to another one, which he threw for five hundred plus yards in that loss to the Eagles. Yeah. Um, so, so it's hard to really criticize too much on that. I think now, obviously, they're in a precarious situation, and it's going to be fascinating um, just to watch it unfold over the next couple of weeks or you know, a couple of days, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, but the one thing you can't, you can't, you said you got to say is they did get another Super Bowl out of Brady, a six ring, and they got to another Super Bowl, which yeah. they lost, and he played out of his mind. So it's hard to criticize too much on that end. Obviously, in hindsight, sure, you would like to keep Jimmy G. But maybe you don't get that other Super Bowl. So yep. that's a good point. Yeah. It's a trade off, but it's interesting. Yeah. Um, going back to the game a little bit. So uh, one of the big receivers coming out of Tennessee right now is AJ Brown, who said uh, I think a hundred overall yards the last four out of six weeks or so. Um, <laughs> oh, you okay? We're, we're good. Yep. <laughs> uh, what do you think about a potential matchup with him and, and uh, Stephen Gilmore? Uh, well, AJ Brown's playing really good for Tennessee. He's a rookie. Yeah. Um, by comparison, you look at the Patriots rookie receiver uh, and kill Harry. He's, I mean, he was on injury reserve for the first several weeks of the year. So to be fair, um, he's got a heal a late start. But um, you look at AJ Brown, and if he goes up against Stephon Gilmore, he's going to love what he saw and watching the tape from the Miami game. But Devontae Parker uh, just shredded uh, Stephon Gilmore on that final drive. Um, yeah. Parker had. I think in the game, uh, Parker had, what, eight catches for, like, 137 yards or something? Yeah. Something like that, mostly against Gilmore. So if you're A.J. Brown, you have to be looking at that and looking at your chops because uh, Stephon Gilmore is thought to be this great defensive player, and he is. He's a good player. Yeah. You know, he's the defensive player of the year and everything and all that other stuff. Um, but just watch the tape against Miami. Watch that final drive against Miami. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker – uh, shredded stuff on Gilmore in that Patriots defense. So if you're Brown, I mean, he, you got to be excited, I would think. And that's going to be a key matchup to see if Gilmore can bounce back. Yeah. <clears throat> certainly, uh, that would be a big matchup. And, but I think for Tennessee, it's all the run game. I think it's Derrick Henry. I think they're going to be able to make some, make some yards against the Patriots defense. Uh, now, can they score enough points and, you know, chew up enough clock? Uh, to, to win the game. Uh, I think they will because the Patriots offense can't move the ball, and Mike Frabel knows this. And the other interesting thing is, too, as people forget, is that the Patriots and Titans actually held joint practices uh, this past uh, preseason. 
so they actually practice against each other, so they know, uh, you know, that, not that all that is relevant, but yeah. certainly parts of it are relevant. So that's the other interesting thing about this game as well, is that the two teams practice against each other uh, in the preseason, and all it was. <laughs> okay. Um, before we finish up, I just want to get your thoughts on the rest of uh, the games this weekend. Who do you think is going to win, and who do you think can really go all the way and win the whole thing? Who do I think is going to go all the way and win the whole thing out of the wild card rounds? In general, I mean. So who, who do you think will uh, win this weekend, and who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? So I'm saying the Titans are going to beat the Patriots. Okay. I'm saying... I still don't have a ton of faith in the Texans. I know they're having a great year. I know they're at home, but we've seen this movie before. Yeah, uh, and Buffalo's playing pretty good. Uh, Buffalo's a pretty good defense. Uh, I think Buffalo can go in and upset them. Uh, the other game, the Saints are going to beat the Vikings. Uh, I'm not sure that game's going to be all that close. Uh, Kirk Cousins, just I have no faith in. And I watched that game, the Monday night game against the Packers, uh, a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, and he was, they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, so, no faith in Cousins, and obviously the Saints are the Saints. Drew Brees wins that game. And then the final game, uh, Seattle and Philadelphia. That game is in Philadelphia because they won the division. Um, I like Russell Wilson, uh, but I think I think the Eagles can win that game. Um, I don't think that Seattle is that great. I don't think Marshawn Lynch returning um, is going to be as much of a factor as people hope. Yeah, um, He wasn't a factor in the last game against the 49ers. Uh, whatever that's worth, obviously the Eagles are a different team, but um, I think the Eagles could win that game and, and move on. So um, those that's what I think for the wild card round. Overall, um, I mean, the AFC is either going to be the Chiefs or the Ravens. I know that's like chalk, but I don't know who else you would pick yeah. to, to beat any of those teams. Right? I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's certainly not the Patriots. And if it's not the Patriots, it's hard to see anybody else going into Kansas City and or Baltimore uh, and, and winning a game. So yeah. it's either going to be the Chiefs or the Ravens. I'm going to go with the Ravens because um, I don't have much faith in Andy Reid's coaching. Uh, but, you know, we're going to see how good Lamar Jackson really is now in the playoffs. You know, we did all that in the regular season, which is great. Um, but let's see what he does in the playoffs, which we haven't really seen yet. We saw briefly in last, last year's game, they played the uh, Chargers. The wild card round, I believe, and he didn't do that great. But obviously, he's a different quarterback. This is a different team. Um, but we're still waiting to see what it does in the playoffs. So I, I think it's going to be the Ravens in the Super Bowl, the AFC, and the NFC. I mean, 49ers have home field. The only team that can really go in there and beat them is probably the Saints. I mean, again, it's 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 like chalk. But if you look at the matchups, and it's just hard to see. Yeah, you know who. Who else is going to win? Yeah. Uh, Seattle won't go on the road. That's a big disadvantage for them. They have a great home crowd, a great home field advantage, but they're not at home. They're on the road now for three straight games or whatever it is. Probably something crazy happening, obviously. But, um, uh, who's it? Who's it? Oh, the Packers. Maybe if Aaron Rodgers gets hot. Um, Packers and San Fran could be interesting at NFC matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to give the credit that defense wins in the playoffs, or at least it has over the last few years. Yeah. So the San Fran's defense is, is tremendous, and Jimmy G is playing pretty good. So it'd be nice to see the 49ers make the Super Bowl. Um, but I think the NFC is a little bit more wide open 
other than the AFC. Um, it says it seems like it. But so that's kind of my thought. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the games. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to agree with you on a, a few of them. I, I, you know, obviously I live in Philadelphia, so I hear more about the Eagles than anything else. Um, and I think for any, any for any of the teams they're playing against, the Seahawks is probably the best matchup they could have gotten. Um, and people yeah. here were really hoping they would lose to the 49ers, which of course we know now they did. Um, you know, I think they have a good chance, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle comes out with that win. Um, so I'm picking Seattle. I know they've struggled on the road, but uh, I'm, I'm still picking them in that one. I agree. The Saints is it's pretty cut and dry. Um, uh, who was the other one? The Bills and um, oh my god, uh, 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 the, the Texans. Um, yeah, I, I mean, both the Bills have played out of their mind this year. You know, they've had a phenomenal season. They also had a slightly easy schedule. You play the Dolphins twice, the Jets twice. You, you uh, play everybody in the hey, AFC East. Don't worry, don't worry Cowboys had the, the AFC East this week because they lost to all those teams. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the Dallas fair. Cowboys part, the AFC East is the best division in football. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd go with Tennessee on that one. Uh, not Tennessee, I'm sorry, the Texans on that one. Um, just for their defense has been really good, and uh, you know Buffalo. Just Buffalo to me, uh, they're they're a young team. They've really only been to the playoffs once in the last like twenty five years. They don't have the experience, um, so I'd go with uh, Texas and then Patriots Titans. You know, I still have that belief that uh, even if Tom Brady doesn't fully show up, um, you know the Titans. I was saying to you earlier that, you know, they've never won at Gillette. I think they've only won. The last time they won there, they were the, the Houston Oilers, I think. Um, the last time they won in. <laughs> What's that? And that was even Gillette back then when they were the Houston yeah, yeah. Oilers. Wherever they, they, wherever they were playing. Um, so I'm going with the Patriots in that one. None of those teams, mm-hmm. though, do I see getting very far, except for maybe the Saints. Um, you know, I have to agree with you, like Ravens 49ers. Both teams make a lot of sense based on the matchups. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints push their way up there too, but everybody else just seems to be on a much lower level of uh, of play compared to yeah. those two teams. Yeah, like I said, I think the I think the NFC is more wide open than the AFC. I think the AFC, I mean, is going to be pretty much chalk. It feels like. I mean, again, barring some crazy injury or or something stupid happening, which you never know, yeah. um, but it just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Uh, the NFC. Um, that's why I had trouble picking the NFC teams because just the, the NFC is a bunch of different things could happen. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could win. Drew Brees could yeah. get hot, although Drew Brees outdoors is a different quarterback. Um, you know, the 49ers could crap their pants. I mean, yeah. they're a young team. You know, they've never really been in this situation in a while. Uh, Jimmy G's first playoff games. Um, you know, all kinds of storylines. So there's a bunch of different storylines, and I'm sure we'll chat uh, later on as the playoffs go on, perhaps, yeah. um, and have better clarity on it, but at least right now, it just seems like the AFC is going to be chalk. Baltimore and Kansas City. Yeah, I don't see any teams going in there to any of those places and winning. Um, and then the NFC, I'm going to stick with the 49ers just because they're the favorites and their defense has been great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see what the matchups are when yeah. they play out. Again, those teams are on by, so we don't really know what their matchups are going to be necessarily. We have an idea. We don't necessarily know um, for sure. So <laughs> next week we'll have better clarity 
uh, on the division round, obviously, and be able to make a yeah. little bit better prediction. But early on, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll hear again from okay. you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Nick. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And thanks for that, Joe. Uh, if you want to hear more from him, again, he's found at golocalprop.com. Uh, he writes a lot uh, about the New England Patriots, so he's definitely a good resource to go through, go to on all your New England news. That being said, we're going to go to a commercial break. Stick with us, though. We've got two more guests to go. And then when we return, we'll hear from Mr. Jorge Pajores from the Off the Bench podcast <clears throat> and Scott Roberts. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Three receivers right, field, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Pop by Diggs. Stay oh, my God. oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No Ten. Touchdown. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis miracle. Step on Diggs. And the Minnesota Vikings have walked off on the New Orleans Saints. It's a 61-yard Minneapolis miracle. Hello, friends. I'm Nick Drago. Yes, you know me from Sports, Sports, Sports with Nick Drago. But did you know I had another podcast? It's true. I do. It's called Big Spoon, Little Spoon. Myself and my good buddy Jamie Grum like to discuss, well, everything. Random topics from the future to the Wild West to what the heck are lanternflies. We talk about it all. So if you're interested in some fun and entertaining entertainment, join us on Big Spoon, Little Spoon. We pick a random topic out of a hat. We talk about it, knowing no knowledge of what it's going to be before we pick that topic out of the hat. And then we do a little bit of research, come back and see what we learned. So if you're interested, check us out. Again, it's called Big Spoon, Little Spoon. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting apps. You can find us on YouTube, on the Facebook. Um, you can also email us with ideas that you want us to talk about on the show. Email us at uh, wehateforks at gmail.com. Again, wehateforks at gmail.com. Plus, we got Volume 2 coming out in the new year. So check back at the end of this, uh, January. At the end of January, we're going to have some new episodes for you, but you can check out Volume 1 in the meantime, right here, well, not right here, but right now, at this moment, just not after you finish this podcast, then go listen to that one. All right, thanks, friends. Hope you enjoy the rest of this show, but there's another good one out there, too. All right, I'm done now. Now, my guest, next guest on the show is a good friend of mine, Mr. Jorge Pajares. He and I started together at the University of Hartford, where we were partners in crime on our own sports talk shows, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, he is coming to us now. He, he started his own podcast called Off the Bench. Uh, they're they're kind of just getting relaunched this year, so uh, stay tuned. I'll have more news for you guys on that one uh, if you're interested in more from him. But without further ado, here he is, Mr. Uh, Jorge Pajares. All right, Jorge, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Nick, thanks for having me. Excited to talk NFL playoffs today. Oh, good. 
because <laughs> I see you're wearing a Knicks jersey, so clearly you oh. prepared for this. <laughs> well, you know, the Knicks, as of this recording, have won three in a row. It's the most consecutive wins they've had all season. Their, their interim coach, Mike Miller, is 6-6, six and six, so there's hope into 2020. Fingers well, crossed. I say that every year. I'm, I really want that hope to turn a dang corner, although I guess I say that about the Jets, too. So. 7-9 is, is, is not bad, though. That's room for improvement right there. <laughs> That's or New York Jets. <laughs> I'll take seven. Well, you know what? If Sam Darnold didn't get sick, I think they could have made the playoffs this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. We would have been between the Bills and the Jets. And yeah. if that Week 17 game goes as it did, then Jets definitely would have been in the playoffs. Yeah, well, ifs and buts are candies and nuts, or whatever that phrase says. <laughs> so tell me about the teams you like that are actually in the playoffs. Well, I'm a big fan right now of the Ravens, uh, as is everyone. Yeah. Uh, but they have a bye week this week. And on the NFC side, uh, you know, you could go Aaron Rodgers, you could go Drew Brees, but Jimmy Garoppolo has had a great year this year, propelling that San Francisco 49ers to a huge 13-3 record in the first-round seed. Mm-hmm. So that the playoffs of the NFC uh, goes straight through San Francisco, and they're always a tough team to beat, especially in that stadium, in, Le- in Levi's Stadium. Uh, so they're really a tough team, and I like them going. Uh, they're, they're my favorites on the NFC. Yeah. I, are you, so – for a little backstory for some of our our fans out there, uh, Jorge Pajares and I uh, used to work for STN Channel Two at uh, Hartford, Connecticut, and um, Jorge accurately predicted the last time the 49ers and Ravens were going to the Super Bowl. I believe you called it the Super Bowl. Uh, so if you're saying this is a repeat of that, you you very well could be right. Oh, I could uh, I could improve my record from since then. <laughs> <laughs> so my one problem with the 49ers, they're a young team, yeah. right? You're you're absolutely right. Jimmy Garoppolo is fantastic, um, but their defense has been riddled with injuries. The last couple weeks, I think week 14, 15, 16, they averaged 35 points against them, right. which is something you you can't do against. You know, Green Bay, New Orleans, uh, Seattle. Seattle. For mm-hmm. some reason, think the Vikings can make it that far. You, know, <laughs> you cannot let them score 35 points. Well, the Vikings could have a good chance. Uh, none of these games to be on Monday night. So, you know, Kirk Cousins is sleeping well at night, knowing <laughs> that the playoffs aren't on Monday night football on ESPN. <laughs> Do you know the Vikings have only lost, they've only won two road playoff games since 1988? They're two and eleven in the last like wow. thirty years. <laughs> wow, that, that does not bode well for them going into this wild card uh, weekend, going into New Orleans in Mercedes Benz, and just uh that that would be tough for them. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Vikings get out of New Orleans. To be quite frank with you, and Drew Brees has has a huge chip on his shoulder, especially against the referees after last season. <laughs> and the whole pass interference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really like. I really like what New Orleans has put together right now. The scariest thing I've noticed with them is Michael Thomas has been getting the ball significantly more than yes. all the other receivers on that team. And you know, Drew Brees typically likes to spread the ball around. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're the Vikings and you try to double team Thomas. 
you're going to open up the field to any of Drew Brees' other receivers, which you know can have just as big of a game. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, any defense right now that has to play the Saints knows that Mike Thomas is the leading receiver in the NFL. Uh, he was great for me in fantasy outside of that Week 17 matchup. <laughs> but he's been no lights out all year. Yeah. And you, you, you have to, it's, it's, a double, it's a double-edged sword when you have to cover Mike Thomas because you either have to get some safety help and open up the tight ends or the other wide receivers that the Saints have, and they have... They are deep in that position. Oh, my God, yeah. And Breeze, like you said, they, he loves to share the rock. So it's very that's a very dangerous offense uh, with Mike Thomas just demanding all that attention. Yeah. Okay. Shifting focus a little bit, Eagles and Seahawks. So I live in Philadelphia. There are a <laughs> lot of Eagles fans here. And granted, Eagles fans are a little nuts, right? But there are a lot of Eagles fans here who truly believe that they can beat Seattle. Well, they have hope, they have reason to hope. Okay. Because Seattle does have to come all the way to the East Coast. There is that whole time differential between a West Coast team coming to the East Coast. Yep. And the Eagles right now, Vegas has, has them as underdogs. So, you know, they're going to pull off the dog masks in Philly, everywhere you go, they're going to have the dog mask because they're going to be the underdogs. Of course. But this is really Carson Wentz's big test. Just, he, he already showed that he's the future of the franchise, that he's worth the money, but now he needs to cement it in a win against a Seattle team that is – that they're on a run-first team, whether you like to believe it or not, and they're depleted at that running back position. I don't think – as much as I love Marshawn Lynch back in the NFL – I don't think his one one to two week return would be enough for Seattle to go into Philadelphia against a team that has a lot of confidence after building after winning the NFC East and having all the Carson Wentz who's been playing really well despite all these injuries that Philadelphia's had. Yeah. He's had a really yeah. good year and I think Philly may be able to pull off the upset even though they're the home team. So, Wentz this season, he threw 4,000 yards. He's the first NFL uh, quarterback to throw that many yards and have no receivers have over 500 yards. That is, lost, that is insane. They lost insane. three starting receivers, their tight end in Zach Ertz, their two best running backs, and worst of all, right tackle Lane Johnson. Like, they are screwed. And we remember early on, everyone was bashing on, uh, I believe it was Alshon Jeffrey for dropping all those touchdown passes. Yeah. So those that, that, those numbers could actually have been a lot more had Alshon caught those passes. Actually, it was that Nelson, Nelson his way. Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar was the one everybody was... Uh, oh, Nelson Aguilar, yes, yeah. my, my there, mistake. There was a guy, oh my God, this was hilarious. This dude downtown caught like a, a baby or something from a... a <laughs> saved a baby from a fiery burning building and when the news crew <laughs> interviewed him he's like I don't drop them like Aguilar <laughs> and Nelson Aguilar I believe I remember up, that yes <laughs> tickets to the game Aguilar so but you know that just that just goes to show how good of a talent Carson Wentz really is just looking at what he's working with and you look at all these other teams like when they have, when they suffer these injuries like the Eagles have they would just implode no matter how good the quarterback is. I mean, look at Tom Brady this year. 
he's he has virtually no weapons and they've yeah. lost to teams like the Dolphins. They almost lost to teams like the Bills. They almost lost the division really this year. And now they're a, they're a three seed right now. And we'll get to the AFC in just a minute. But I, I'm a big fan of Carson Wentz and he can he can really surprise some folks this uh, this uh, wild card. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's fair. You know, I mean, obviously Seattle's a great team. They mm-hmm. took the 49ers to the wire. They, I mean, yeah, running back depth is, is going to hurt. And, yeah, they need to stop getting cute on the one-yard line and just yes. give Marshawn Lynch the ball already. I mean, it's been how many years of this, Pete? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's learn a lesson. Um, but I, I don't. You know, I see a little bit of Philly magic in there. Maybe it's yeah. going to take another another double doink like it did against the Bears last year. I don't really know. But uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think the Eagles could pull this one out at home, you know, in Philly. They could win this game. Oh, yeah, they definitely could. And, that, and I know a lot of experts like to talk about that West Coast going to East Coast, but that time differential is a real factor as well. Yeah, um, just having to get acclimated and to the time difference and coming from one coast to the other, that could be a factor in it too. But I like Philly. Yeah. So the only the only uh, other NFC team we didn't actually talk about is Green Bay. Um, mm-hmm. Where where are your thoughts on them this season? Do you really think that you know the way Rodgers has been playing? Do you think he can take them back to you know the promised land? Um, I, I like Green Bay. One of the things that really caught my eye was Mike Patton, uh, I believe is a defensive coordinator. He really changed that up. Because a big issue with uh, Green Bay for years has been that their defense has just, it's either lacks talent or it's just not like, not good, plain and simple. And that would cost Green Bay some of the games, leading to some of the Hail Marys we so famously see Aaron Rodgers throw. But I think that defense has stepped up and they're playing really well. I like the addition of Aaron Jones running the ball. He has played a, a phenomenal season. I like that addition. And he was really forgotten about under Mike McCarthy last year. He really wasn't used. And now you see Aaron Rodgers has a running game. He's got a defense that's adequate enough to stop to make a stop or two when needed. And you, I can see a lot of people going for Green Bay to make it back to the promised land. But depending on who they draw from this wild card, if my prediction is correct with Saints and Eagles going, that's that's going to be a tough matchup for for Green Bay. You know, they only beat three teams this year that ended up with a winning record: twice against the Vikings mm-hmm. and once against the Chiefs without Pat Mahomes. And that's that's pretty telling. Um, but I agree with you on Aaron Jones. The guy had 49 receptions that this year. That's the most mm-hmm. by a Green Bay running back in 16 years. He's, oh, yeah. He's leading the offense, not Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, my, my biggest gripe, especially when Peyton Manning was still playing, is that he never really had a running game to balance his passing attack with. So yeah. a lot of defense knew, all right, just drop in the zone, make sure, like, you cover someone and – Aaron Rodgers does his thing, then Aaron Rodgers does his thing. But when you implement the run, and Aaron Jones just how you you have to look at Mike McCarthy like, dude, how do you bench not not play this guy as much as you, as you as he's being played this year? And credit the first year head coach at Green Bay, he's doing 
but he, he found a talent in Aaron Jones and is using him like a madman. And I like the complimentary play that Green Bay has. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's uh, let's shift over to the AFC here. Obviously, you said Ravens. You really like the Ravens. Yeah. For some reason, Lamar Jackson. I I I just I can't. I couldn't have predicted this one. I, I thought I thought it was all going to be a fluke last year. You know, another <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Tim Tebow, yeah. Johnny Manziel. Like he's going to fizzle out in a season or two. But holy cow, he might be the real deal. Yeah, and you know, early on in the first mock drafts uh, last year, in last year's draft, the, they had some people had the Jets at number six picking him. Some people had him going later on, but for him to be the last pick in the first round, that just—he is definitely motivated by that, if not by anything else. Just to have every other team in the league pass, and even the Ravens passed up on him. They had to trade back into the first round just to get him. Yeah. And just that chip on the shoulder can be extremely motivating. And Harbaugh, if you recall, was also on, on a hot seat, on, uh, kind of of a hot seat with Joe Flacco's play diminishing after that Super Bowl. And Lamar is just taking everything by storm, just the whole league by, by, like in the palm of his hands. And there, what can't you do in Baltimore? You can run, you can pass. The option is deadly. The option that was so deadly with Kaepernick and Tebow that people assumed was going to be yeah. the future. Yeah. This is this is the future now. Lamar Jackson is the past, present, and future. And I really like I really like this this team in the playoffs. But in the wild card, another team I really like who has a quarterback that we were familiar with in previous years. Uh, our actually our, our coach coached him up and had him looking pretty good in the first half of last season, and he's killing it right now in Tennessee with Derrick Henry in the backfield. I'm talking about the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I say they ride the hot hand with Derrick Henry, the league rushing leader, and Ryan Tannehill, and pull off the major upset in New England, and just causes a huge panic all throughout Foxborough and Gillette Stadium. I like the play of Tannehill. He's he's really coming to his own, even though technically it's just a contract year for him. And you know how dangerous those kind of uh, years can be when a player is just trying to get that max contract for themselves. And Tennessee has had discussions about extending Tannehill. But Derrick Henry, geez, this is... This is far way beyond what we thought Derrick Henry could be coming out of Alabama. He is just running. He, he's almost, he, he could really, realistically be just as good as Chris Johnson in his 2,000-yard rushing season. I believe he was 200, a little over 200 yards away from breaking two, uh, 2,000. 1750, I believe, he was, was his he rushing was numbers on the season. Yeah. But Derrick Henry and that, and Mike Vrabel, too. Uh, and that's a, I don't know what kind of way he has, but we need to follow the Titan way because the Patriot way clearly isn't working anywhere else. We got to follow the Vrabel way because this is, when you look at this team and where they were with Marcus Mariota, and then for them to just go to Tannehill and go on a run, I like this team a lot to go into New England and pull off the upset. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm still, I still think that history here is on the side of the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, the Titans haven't won at Gillette Stadium ever, and they haven't beaten the Patriots uh, in New England since 1993 when they were the Oilers. <laughs> So history is certainly on New England's side. Uh, yes. The Patriots, they still won 12 games this year. Granted, they had a slightly weaker schedule. Um, you know, I think that their their defense is good enough to overcome the Titans, especially of Gilmore's, uh, Gilmore and A.J. Brown sort of matched up against each other. You know, A.J. Brown the last few weeks, I think he had four Hundred yard games in the last yes. in the last six games, he's really emerged. But I agree, is that I think this whole game boils down to Henry. That yes. man is a bull, and if you, if the Patriots let him get going, they're screwed. Because yeah, I think he's going to two hundred yard get day against them easily. Yeah, that front seven of the Patriots is going to get tested really well because if they if they just close the box and try to stop Derrick Henry. Then you know Tannehill has the ability, and he's shown it since he became the starter, that he can kill you with his arm. And you have to be really careful with um, with the tent, with the Titans. And the Patriots' offense really hasn't been too impressive. And yes, they, they won 12 games, but a lot of those wins had, did come from their, the phenomenal play of the defense. So that front seven is going to be really tested with Derrick Henry coming in and you know what? If once you give up 100 yards to Derrick Henry, chances are he's going to have a lot more and a lot more TDs <laughs> yeah. by the goal line. That that's definitely going to hurt. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> what about the uh, the Bills and the the Texans? This is another one where I think the the road team might uh might come in with an upset. Uh, Houston, I'm not too sure who they are. Uh, there were ch- there were times during the season where they look really dominant, especially against the Patriots in their matchup. One of the reason one of their uh, four losses, like with the Patriots, was against the Texans. But then there are other games where they just get completely schooled on both sides, on all phases of the football. And I think a Buffalo team that knows they're on the on the uh, right on the precipice of huge success only two games back from, from New England and those two losses, obviously, from New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Buffalo is in a lot of, has a lot of confidence. Bill's Mafia may take over Houston. And I think Josh Allen is going to make it tough. But I think Houston comes out barely with a win. It's going to be very, very close. I have Houston just beating Buffalo. It'll be, a, it'll be a great showing for for Buffalo, but I like I like Buffalo a lot this year. They've been tough on our Jets, although it can be argued if we had a kicker in Week One, <laughs> we may have swept them. But um, I think Hughes, I think especially Deshaun Watson loves the bright lights of the playoffs, and he is one and one. I, I believe he's one and one in the playoffs. He lost he won last year and he lost his debut the year before. But I think he makes. I think they get the win on Buffalo, and Buffalo will take this as a huge step forward. They made the playoffs with Josh Allen, and they'll just see what else is missing. But still, they watch for an upset. 
Okay. <laughs> I refuse to uh, watch for an upset. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I could see I could see that game going either way, to be honest yeah. with you. They're both, I think they're evenly matched teams. Um, Houston's, you know, strong on defense, obviously. You know, the Bills seem to be strong on offense. I don't really like talking about the Bills <laughs> being strong on anything. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Houston could really could really win that game. Um, cool. And then the one team that we didn't actually get to is Kansas City. With a, with a healthy Mahomes uh, and... And a whole lot of talent behind him. Yeah, I like I, I like the Chiefs winning that divisional round on whether it's the Titans or the Bills um, or the or Houston, excuse me. They it's tough to to beat them at Arrowhead, and really it can be argued that last year had had there not been a flag thrown, Kansas City would have beaten New England. In, at Arrowhead to make it to the uh, Super Bowl last year, but I think when, when you put down, if just assuming that Ravens and Chiefs win their divisional round and they make it to the AFC Championship game, I like a healthy uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. They have a lot, lot more weapons. Obviously, Kelsey, the tight end, is a huge talent, and he's been great for Patrick Mahomes, but. I got a close one against the Ravens and the Chiefs. I, I think the Ravens having the home field advantage is really what draws me to picking them over, over the Chiefs. Yeah. Just because if it was if this game were an arrowhead, then I might have to go Patrick Mahomes just because the environment is so tough to play in. That's like a another Seattle where it's just so tough to hear the the play calls from either either side of the ball and the, the, the crowd is always in it, but I, I don't trust the Chiefs so much more on the road. Even though they did beat the Patriots in Gillette on the road, I like the Ravens more just because of what you can do with Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes' arm talent, arm strength, excuse me. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's... All right. All right. <clears throat> I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens this weekend. Yeah, I mean... I got a lot of upsets on the AFC side, and I think the home teams on on the NFC and the wild card are going to. Uh, they're gonna. It's gonna be tough for some, like Seattle and Philadelphia, but I think the home teams are gonna take it in the in the NFC. And I believe there's an interesting stat from the AFC side. Uh, um, Tom Brady is the only t- is a quarterback with 30 wins, I believe, in the playoffs. And the rest of the quarterbacks in this division, I believe, three or four of them are make three of them are making their uh, two of them are making their debut, and the rest have no more than two wins. <laughs> so, so there there goes the experience. But again, I like I like Tennessee because of the struggling uh, Patriots and how they've ended the season. I didn't like that Miami loss. That really. That really made a lot of people who picked the Patriots and the 49ers to win the Super Bowl nervous. In the beginning of the season, I thought that was maybe the way we were going. Having the the mentor of Tom Brady against Jimmy Garoppolo, the student. But I just don't like uh, how New England has been playing all year. But road some, some road toughness on the AFC side and home strength on the NFC. 
Okay. Like it. Jorge, before I, before I kick you out of here, yes. the next guest on my show is none other than Scott Roberts. Oh, my. Is there anything <laughs> you want me to pass along to him? Uh, what can I say? Uh, can he? <laughs> oh, Scotty. Can he smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> All right, Jorge. Well, once again, thank you so much. Um, and I, I hope to catch your podcast soon off the bench. Yes, off the bench. Right. We're currently uh, revamping the whole podcast game. I'm ready. We're getting new equipment. We're getting new graphics. So in the next few weeks, we'll have a, a brand new season of off the bench. And it'll be uh, hopefully every Saturday. We're still working on the days, but every Saturday, look out for a new episode of off the bench on SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Awesome. I like it. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, thanks, Jorge. And next up is my good buddy, Mr. Scott Roberts. Scott has been on the show before, and uh, we're very excited to hear more about his insights, so let's take it away to Scott. And, Scott, welcome to the show. Always a pleasure to have you here. Glad to be here, Nick. Good to see you. Although, I'm going to be honest, I'm not used to talking football with you. Usually, we talk hockey on these things. So, like, there's a little bit more, a little more teeth, a little less punching in this sport, but it's kind of the same. I mean, I, you know, my, my Super Bowl pick might be a little skewed today. I was going to go with the Blackhawks in this one, but now I'm going to have to you know, just completely throw my notes out the window. So, I don't know. This might be a little bit uh, askew. We might need to do a couple takes. I don't know. We'll see. Perfect. All right. Well, while we're on the subject, who do you have? coming out of this this weekend this weekend it's going to be pretty pretty active and honestly i think this is going to be one of the most uh interesting wild card weekends to watch simply because there's a lot of teams in it that i really think people are caring about you know it's not just one of these throwaway weekends that you know people are just like all right let's wait until the next round and, and then we'll get into the the divisional rounds and all that stuff but like people are actually going to really care about this so Let's start with the AFC and look at those. Um, I think in the first matchup, and we're going to go with the team that I'm wearing right now. I know a lot of people are talking about the Patriots. I know there are a lot of people that aren't sure what's going to happen with Tom Brady, with Bill Belichick, with everything like that. It's been, you know, as a Patriots fan, it's been a rough season to say yes they came out very strong they have the third seed they should have the second seed but you know those pesky miami dolphins are uh never to sleep on i think they will find a way to pull it out against the titans and the titans aren't anyone to sleep on that's for sure you've got ryan Tannehill, who i think is going to show why he's got the job you've got derrick henry you've got so many people with the titans that are really going to do well for them but i think in the end the patriots are really going to pull something off plus it's at home it's at gillette football atmosphere and foxborough in the playoffs is hard to beat so we got the patriots they will likely go on to face the chiefs cool that'll be another matchup that i think won't be something to sleep on either let's go to the other one bills and texans this is going to be a harder one i think this is going to be a difficult matchup to predict I don't know what the experts are saying, but honestly, if I was one of them, I would be hard 
pressed to find a winner in this one. You've got the Buffalo Bills, who I don't think anyone would have expected to make the playoffs this year. They're performing very, very well. And you've got the Houston Texans. And I don't feel like a lot of people have been talking about the Texans. But one of the big factors that I think will play into this game is J.J. Watt. He's been out all season. J.J. Watt, unfortunately, has been so injury-prone lately, and it sucks because that could have been such a good asset for the Texans. And they probably would have been a little higher seated than fourth. But I think having J.J. Watt on the defensive line for the Texans is really going to play a factor. The, the Buffalo offensive line is really going to have to step up to try and block J.J. to make sure he's not getting in the backfield, he's not hitting Josh Allen, and he's not roughing him up. That being said, you focus on J.J. Watt, you leave the rest of the line open, and that means that there are going to be some holes in some sort of Swiss cheese uh, offensive line. With that, I think it's going to be the Texans pulling this one off. I think the Bills are going to put up a good fight, but I think the Texans move on. They'll have a tough matchup against the Ravens. Switch over, NFC. This one's going to be a little bit easier in my opinion. I'm going to go Seattle Seahawks over the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Eagles have really had a tough season overall and they really have not been challenged the Seahawks are way too low as a fifth seed in the NFC playoff picture I don't think that reflects it whatsoever and I really think that that is going to be a huge chip on their shoulder and they're going to show why they should be a lot higher than where they're at then you've got Saints and Vikings I don't think there's any question about this it's been Drew Brees it's been Alvin Kamara it's been Michael Thomas it's been the Saints all year long. I think it's going to be the Saints moving on to the divisional round. So it will be where we got. We got the Packers and the Saints and 49ers and the Seahawks. To me, that's a pretty juicy uh, divisional matchup at the NFC for sure. Yeah, I, I would love to see. I, I mean, uh, so I'm in Philadelphia, right? A lot of Eagles fans here are very confident. Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a very cold day in Philadelphia that day and and scott here is if, for those of you who can't see me i'm now wearing scott's jacket which he left in our apartment <laughs> but this is actually really warm and cozy i was i told you no wonder you want this back so bad it was uh, and i and i'm so mad because i literally told nick when i went to visit him recently hey i'm gonna forget something i know i'm gonna forget something and i'm on the plane and he shoots me a message and says well you were right you forgot something hanging on the back darn chair and i'm like are you kidding me like as soon as i saw it i was like scott's that's scott's um sorry okay all joking aside uh you know what i agree for the most part um i think the patriots are going to squeak this one out i think that um you know titans have never won at gillette stadium they haven't beaten the patriots in new england since they were the oilers back in 93 um brady He's having the lowest – this is his lowest QBR year ever, although they've only been yeah. collecting that stat since 06, but it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> this whole team is being carried by their defense, and I could see their defense pulling out big time against the Titans. Uh, same thing with the Texans. J.J. Watt is, is absolutely huge, um, and New Orleans can destroy Minnesota. The, uh, to me, that's not even a question. Minnesota had a great season, but it's going to come to an end here. The Seahawks-Eagles, it's the only game where I'm I'm kind of torn because this is the best matchup the Eagles could have been given. 
is Seattle. Um, they almost beat them here at home a few weeks ago. Now you got the chart, you know, the, the playoffs. It, it means more. At the time when the Eagles played them, they were kind of in this point in their season where it was like, we're probably not making the playoffs, probably not catching the Cowboys. And yet somehow they managed to do those two things. Um, so, but for the Plus most part. is who are usually uh, destined to somehow choke. So there's who's, that. Who's destined to choke? I didn't hear you. The Cowboys. I said, usually you can oh. always count on the Cowboys falling late in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now they're you know now they're going to totally clean house. Although they haven't said it yet. I don't know. I'm I'm very very confused about that whole thing because we all thought that they're done. They're going to clean house. Garrett's gone. The staff is gone. But I don't know. Like, and if they don't, man, I don't know what's going on in Dallas. What, what whatever they're drinking down there. Jerry, it's just Jerry Jones. He needs to like give up yeah. control of this team. So, and it comes soon, I think. It, it's got to come soon. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Especially you keep Garrett. You keep Garrett around another season like this. I, I mean, that team has. I, I hate to say it, but the Cowboys have so much talent, and for them to go nowhere with it to, and right. to lose games the way they've been losing, another coach wouldn't have done that. I, I'm sorry. When you've got somebody like when when you've got people like Dak, like Zeke, yeah. you know, Gap Cooper, you've got so many people. Witten and, and even Witten coming back, proving that he wanted to stay in the game. Witten could be so much better than where he is at right now. And I don't think it it's showing. Like he's got so much potential. Yeah. But it's showing. And there's something that's when you have to really take a self reflection, look in the mirror and say, What the hell's going on? Yeah. All right, so so Scott, who do you think is gonna who who do you think is gonna emerge the top teams for each conference here? All right, so we're talking. We're gonna go into the conference championships. We're gonna pick the two teams for that one. Who do, yeah, just yeah, lay it on me. So, first matchup, we'll have Ravens, and I believe I said Texans, right? Yeah. I don't think there's any question about this one. I know what I said before about, you know, J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, all of that. I have not seen a team perform so well like the Baltimore Ravens in so long. And it's all thanks to Lamar Jackson. I think that is such a huge, huge advantage for the Ravens. You know, he... He can do it by himself, but he's got the outlets where he can go to whenever he needs to. And I mean, this guy is so young. It's so refreshing to see him really performing so well. So I think this is a big win for the Ravens to move on to the conference championship. Um, As for the other game, look, my heart definitely wants to say the Patriots. My gut feels like it's probably not going to happen. And I think the Chiefs are going to get revenge for last year's AFC Championship game. I think a lot of things come into play here. So Chiefs got home field advantage. The weather, like you said, with the Philly-Seattle game, is really going to play into, into this game. If it's bitterly cold like it was for last year's AFC Championship game, I think that definitely plays a factor in all of this. Mm-hmm. But I think had last year that you don't have this year for Patriots is your receiving core. And more specifically, you don't have Rob Gronkowski. Gronk really should, like, he may not have had, you know, the most catches during that game or whatever, but definitely played 
and had a crucial role for the Patriots and their offense. And I don't know if I, if I can see the Patriots pulling it off again this year. I really, really want to say yes, but I don't think they get past the Chiefs. I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but I'm also not surprised if they don't. So I, I'm very torn one way or another, but if I'm going to put it down, set in stone right here on the Sports 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 podcast, I think it's going to be Ravens Chiefs. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think that's a pretty solid matchup. And you know, I, it, it, that's going to be a really fun game to watch. Mahomes versus Jackson. You know, you were saying how much Jackson means to that team. In the first eight games of the season, the, the Ravens averaged 30 points in the first half. Averaged 30 points. Unbelievable. During the second half of the season, they averaged 36 points in the first half. That's how good that team is. And, and, and just how points are coming from Jackson, whether it's he's passing or he's running for those touchdowns, for those points or whatever. Something is, he's contributing some way to that. Yeah, of course, you've got Ingram, you've got, you know, your running core, your, all of that, but like, he's putting up a lot of those numbers. He's putting up a lot of those points. Yeah. Well, Mark Ingram's, he he did have a, a calf strain two weeks ago. I mean, he should be able to play, but I don't think he's going to play at the same level capacity that he should be. You know, if they go deep, you might not see him playing at his full level until you're, you know, Basically, at the super. The buy helps super, super tremendously for that team, you know, and Ingram too. The buy week yeah. gives them a chance to rest him up and really assess him before putting him out on the field. Yeah. Plus, you have uh, my ultimate X factor. I think for the Ravens is is Justin Tucker, who has mm-hmm. a ninety percent career conversion rate. He he made twenty four, I think, out of twenty five field goals this year, which is crazy good. Especially in today, and, you know, I say today's day and age, you know, of the kickers where, you know, your extra point isn't guaranteed anymore. Um, You saw so many more kickers missing those extra points, but you also saw a lot of the missed field goals, too. You saw, I I can't remember a season where I saw more blocked kicks, and and I don't know if that's just me and maybe not paying as much attention, but, you know, either blocked field goals, blocked punts, whatever, there was a lot of blocking this year it was very interesting to see how much defenses were changing to that so um i definitely i definitely agree with that justin tucker is very very um ice cold when it comes to you know he's got ice in his veins as as the youngins like to say um (laughs) when it comes to crucial kicks like that so yeah um, it'll be important for sure uh what about from the nfc who do you like from the nfc NFC is going to be a good one. You know, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. So I've got 49ers and Seahawks, and then you've got Packers and Saints. I think these are going to be two great matchups. And really, you know, you could see it going any which way. First game, Seattle, San Francisco. You've got, I I can't recall what the, the matchups were during the season. Uh, between these two teams, but Russell Wilson is continuously proving more and more and more to be such a good quarterback in this league, and I think he doesn't get a lot of credit for that. Um, I think a lot of the hype goes behind 
the Lamar Jackson, the Patrick Mahomes, uh, even like nowadays, you know, this season with Jimmy Garoppolo um, and all of that. But you, you've got a dark horse in Russell Wilson. Um, and I think Beast Mode is going to be strong in this game. I think Marshawn Lynch has been out a little too long. And that's gonna that's gonna play a factor. I think that's he could be stronger, but I don't think it's going to show against this 49ers defense, um, who has proved that they are tough. They're smash mouth. They're willing to go. And you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely showing why he deserved to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, and I think that's what he was looking for when he left the Patriots. Uh, It sucked that he got that ACL injury the first year that he got the starting job in San Francisco. Um, And you wonder, what if, like, what what would he have been like had he not gotten injured? Mm -hmm. I think game, it's the Niners. Um, I really think they have a chance to pull this one off in what I think will be a close game. I think it'll be a close game between these two teams. Like I said, one versus five does not do it justice. The Seattle Seahawks do not deserve to be a five. Um, they should have been, you know, somewhere up there. It's just the way that the cards fell and the the um, seating stack. Packers Saints again, another good matchup. You you look at all the different matchups that you've got. You know, Green Bay has such a good running core. They don't have just one running back they have multiple running backs that can really pound it up the middle really drive it in and and even break for good yardage green bay has struggled with their receivers i think you haven't really seen the full potential because of injury and that's hindered aaron Rodgers. i had him on my fantasy team and he underperformed a lot of the weeks that i put him on as a starter oh yeah my backup quarterback was the starter for the New Orleans Saints and the current touchdown leader in Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And he put up points, which pissed me off. So I think in this game, I really think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I think definitely can see both teams, but I think it's going to be the New Orleans Saints. I think you can't stop Drew Brees. You can't stop Alvin Kamara. And even you can't stop Michael Thomas. Like that performance from Michael Thomas this year was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, and that connection between Breeze and Thomas is you you only get a couple of those throughout history, I really feel like. Um, between quarterback and wide receiver. So I got Niners versus Saints in the conference championship. Yeah. All right. I, I got to agree with, with uh, most of what you said. You know, Green Bay is a really good team on paper. You know, they they only lost three games, but they only beat three teams with winning records, right? Right. Vikings twice, and they beat the Chiefs without Pat Mahomes. Right. That is That, to me, is very telling. And I, I said the same thing to, to our other guests earlier, is that, to me, tells me they're not ready for a team like the Saints, like Drew Brees, who... You know, guess what? If you double team Michael Thomas, you know, Drew you've Brees, got other Yeah, he's got so many other people to throw that ball to. Like, he, and that's because you you throw he throws those options, they're gone. You're yeah. not stopping them. Yeah, I gotta agree with you. 
So either way, I, I think I think you have some really cool games to look forward to. You know, it's it's too soon to kind of see like determine who who could win the Super Bowl. You know, of course. Um, before before we 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 go though. So I had Joe Calabro on the show earlier. You know, he covers the Patriots, and he's very yep. adamant that this is it. This is Brady's last season. You know, he's cut off ties with with his other fundraisers, and he's selling his house and all this all this jazz. Do you agree? Well, I mean, when you move to Connecticut, you know, anything's out of the window. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, I'm always laughing since, since, you know, I worked for TV News when we heard he was moving to Connecticut. Everyone kind of went crazy, and I was like, okay, everyone calm down. It's Fairfield County. It's not really Connecticut. Um, look, I think... In the end, we've had this conversation every single year that the the season's coming up. You know, the Patriots are either doing well, they're not doing well. Who knows? You know, we had this conversation last season, and Brady stayed. Yeah, pretty sure we had this conversation the previous year. He also stayed. I I, I really don't know. Again, this is one of these, my heart's telling me this, my gut's telling me this. I feel like Tom Brady has put too much into his career with New England Patriots to all of a sudden just leave because he has one bad season. And that's saying something when you have a team that performed well throughout the year. They were, what, 12-4? and four? Yes, Brady had a had a off, off year, but in the end, you know, it wasn't a bad year. You're not looking at a 30-30 and 30 year like Jameis Winston had. You're not looking at, you know, a weak year where you had certain quarterbacks that got sat for uh, rookies who were the backups. Or, hell, you stayed, relatively speaking, you stayed healthy throughout the year and you weren't injured to the point of, you know, Ben Roethlisberger being sidelined for the entire season. Yeah. You know, Stuff like that, it, you have to really play into factor. Tom Brady's getting up there in age. He said he wants to continue competing no matter really his age. And, and he said he wants to continue for multiple years. Can I see him going to another team? I mean, yes and no. Anyone could go. We all thought that Peyton Manning would go to another team from the Colts. Look where he ended up. He ended up at the Broncos. We couldn't see Brett Favre going to another team, and granted, he didn't do as well with the Vikings, but yes, he went to the Vikings. You know, it's all over the place. He went to the Jets. It's. I don't think I see Tom Brady leaving. I think in a, in a crazy, imperfect, wild playoff situation, if the Patriots pull one more miracle out of their you-know-what, and somehow make it to the Super Bowl, and somehow win the Super Bowl, I think that would be the time where Tom Brady could say, thank you, I'm done. You have seven rings. You've led this team to greatness. Because the fact of the matter is, if that happens, and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick do it again, that team can be considered great. That franchise can be considered great. I think he should retire on top. So he will. Because yeah. I think he'll come back and he'll continue playing. All in all, I don't think Tom Brady leaves. Um, in the event that he does, yes, New England 
nation will be distraught and upset and pissed and frustrated and heartbroken. I probably will be all of those things too, but I get it. You know, he's getting up there in age. He wants to continue winning. He wants to continue success. So whatever he does, he does. Um, I think it'll be a tough pill to swallow, but you know, the, the Patriots mentality is next man up and do your job. And I think that'll be the case. And hopefully they're grooming Jarrett Stidham to do well and to really be that, that success story. Um, or he continues on like Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo did, goes on to another team and really performs. And all of a sudden you see the Jarrett Stidham story of the NFL. So to be continued, I guess. <laughs> all right. That's a good point. Uh, all right. One last word before we go. So uh, I had Jorge Pajares on the show just before you. And when I told oh, him you were going to be here, he, he said he wanted me to pass along. Uh, he wanted me to ask you if you smell what the rock is cooking. Um, so. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> now we don't smell anything. <laughs> we got the eyebrow. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm not going to that whole thing because I just can't do that. The, the thing that he does with the tongue and the blah, 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 blah. Uh, no chance. Yeah, no, better better job w- with the eyebrow part, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that to Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> All right, Scott, well, thanks again for joining us. Always a pleasure, and uh, maybe we'll see you again real soon. Thanks, Nick. Good to see you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We've heard from our three wise men. We've heard all about these teams, who they think is going to win, who's going to make it to the top. And I cannot wait to find out. For my picks this weekend, I'm going with the Patriots. I'm going with the Saints. Going with the Texans. And of course, <coughs> I got to leave you in suspense here a little bit. I got to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. I know. I'm being. Am I being biased? No. I think they can really pull this one out. Don't count Philly down just yet. With that. As you can clearly hear from my voice, I am not suited to be doing this right now. <coughs> I'm going to go take a, a light nap, maybe have a lozenge. A lozenge. It's fine. Don't worry. I'm being fancy. Thank you again for joining me. You can find me on all your favorite podcasting apps, uh, uh, Twitter, and you can find me on Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and the Facebook. Just type in Sports, Sports, Sports with Nick Drago. Special thanks to Johanna Drago. She's the content designer, logo designer, and set designer of this podcast. And uh, wouldn't be here without her. And, of course, uh, the song you hear for this show is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. A link to his website can be found in the show notes. Remember to like, comment, share, Twitter at me, tweet, tweet, and all the fun things you do. Uh, If you want to hear more from our friends uh, on the podcast... Uh, you can find Joe Calabro at GoLocalProp.com. You can find Jorge Pajares. Uh, he's uh, from the On the Bench podcast. Remember, they're launching their new season soon. And, of course, my good friend Scott Roberts. You can find him producing Fox News up in Connecticut. So stick with us for another week of Sports Fun. I'll see you all next week. Hopefully my voice is back by then. Thanks, everybody. Caw-caw! Oh, I can still do that. Perfect. <laughs>